Lights, action, performance. It's time to showcase yourself with us. It's the Entertainment Biz Podcast. So on the podcast today, it's Henry Fricker. Hello. Hello. Nice to have you here. Thanks. Good to be here. So local musician. Yes. So how long have you been doing this, my friend? Oh, that's a question. So I am a pianist as well as a singer. Oh, okay. So I've been a pianist since about eight years old. Okay. And I'm 23 now. Right. So however many years that is. And uh, that was always the kind of the thing for me. It never was singing, really, until I got to about 14-ish. I started to write songs and I knew deep down I had a voice. And then I sung for the first time at 16. And the rest is history, as they say. Where did you sing for the first yeah. time at 16? It was at a college showcase, and I, it, was, it was actually a few, I think it was a few weeks ago, it was the eight years or whatever it is since it was, since I did it, and I invited all of my friends and family, and they'd never heard me sing. Right. I'd never sung in public. Okay. And I invited, and it was a sold-out audience, I think it holds 250. Was this a bit of a dare for you, by chance? Put on by myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just thought, I'm going to have to jump, and I either sink or I swim. And I swum, and it went really well. And, and what did you sing? Um, I sung a song called Not Even the King by Alicia Keys. Oh. It's a stunning song, and I definitely recommend all of you and everyone that listens to check it out. It's just stunning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it was just me on the piano, and I just... It was from then, and I just fell in love with the feeling, and it was so natural to me. I wasn't nervous when I was doing it. I was shaking like a leaf before, but then the minute I sat down at the keys and I started playing and seeing it, just felt like home I guess let's think of a young Henry here then so how did music start for you then in the beginning was it family that was influencing you with music so I I grew up around a lot of music but I just always had an obsession with the piano and I don't know where it came from I don't know why I was just obsessed with it and we we had a piano but I never played it and by the time I started playing we'd got rid of it and I was just completely obsessed with it. Every time I saw one, I wanted to play one. And then, obviously, when you get a bit older, you start to recognise songs on the radio and you start to sort of get into what music that you like. And Can you remember some of those artists that you remember when you were growing up? Yeah, so the number one, which is why I chose to, to sing her song when I first ever sung, was Alicia Keys. So she was basically the reason I started playing the piano. So I heard If I Ain't Got You which, is, again, is just an absolute classic and I think one of the most beautiful songs ever. And it's, I always cite it as one song I wish I could write. If there was any song in the world I could write, I would love to write that one. And I heard that and I instantly wanted to play it and I ran to the piano and I learned how to play it at eight years old. And I, yeah, at eight years old? At eight years old. And then people like Stevie Wonder, I, I'm still obsessed with and... Michael Jackson and Prince and all these old artists are very yeah. kind of iconic. Very, yeah, iconic, and yeah. everyone kind of still relates to them, don't they? Yeah, they they were huge talents, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. So that eight-year-old sort of like performing on. How nervous were you? I was nervous, but I, I think because I was so obsessed with the piano, I had the dedication to sit for hours and I still do every day sit for hours practicing because I I was I think when you learn the piano there is a certain amount of dedication that gets drilled into you because unless you practice you won't get better you can't wing it you cannot wing the piano and I think however many times I tried it just doesn't work and you cannot and you can't play it off because 
you either can play it or you can't. So I knew that I had to put in a lot of work and a lot of time into it. So I just got to it. I just fell in love with it. And I think because I fell so deeply in love with the piano, it wasn't like practicing. It was such a joy to learn the piano because there was all these things that I started to unlock that I could do after how many years. And it just keeps your appetite and it keeps you building and building and building. And I'm so grateful now that I started quite young with the piano because I'm still to this day obsessed with it. So when you were that old, uh, were you kind of left on your own? Did you have friends who had the same kind of interest as you or, you know? Not really. Like I said, it was it it was quite bizarre, really, how obsessed I was because I... So my dad is a guitarist. Okay. My brother plays the guitar a bit and I was into music classes and I did bands and jazz bands and that kind of thing in school. Um, but no one I knew close to me or grown up could play the piano. And it was just, like I said, I don't know where it came from, but I was just so drawn to it. And as I mentioned just then, even now, however many years after, every time I sit at the piano, I feel the exact same way. That is fantastic, and I love isn't it? it? Yeah. So what did your, uh, you must have had lessons, piano yeah. lessons. Yeah, what so did I your had... teacher say to you generally, an <laughs> eight-year-old little boy? So there was a lot of, because I had self-taught, from eight till about 10 or 11. Okay, no lessons till that point? No. Okay. Which is great because I was I had a, already a level of confidence with it because I'd been at it for a few years. But then you also pick up bad habits. So like I, I tend to play really flat when I play. I don't arch my hands. And I can manage fine. But I was constantly being told by my piano tutor, arch hands, arch hands, and things like that. But then it, when it got to a level of because I learned sheet music and all that kind of thing, I could sight read. And I was I just remember constantly being told when I would have a song, they would, she would bring in pop songs like Adele and people like that for me to play their songs, just something a bit more current than Chopin and Beethoven, who I love, but something a bit more sort of recent to my times. And I would be playing and she would stop me and I think, what have I done wrong? And she said, I haven't turned the page yet and you're already at the end of the next page. So I just had this kind of muscle memory and I can learn things by by ear now. So yeah, so it's just Incredible instinctive. Talent. Yeah, it's just it's, instinctive for you. It's it meant really to be. is instinctive. Yeah, and I yeah, and I completely agree. I think it is meant to be. I think it's something. I feel so at ease with it, and I always have that. I think it's meant to be. You can see yeah. the passion in your face and the yeah. sparkle in your eye. I know on podcasts people mm-hmm. can't, but you just feel that energy about mm. you. So you were 16, you yep. invited everybody to sit, hear you yep. sing in public for the first time, mm-hmm. standing ovation. Yeah. What happened next? I got to it in releasing music. So I released a few tracks. I mean, they're not anywhere now. How do you do that? How do you go, right, I'm going to release a few tracks. How do you do that? So I just started to google basically started to google local producers local sort of people that put on these showcase performances everything that i could just get my teeth into and get my name out there so i just started doing that and i went along to a few and then i really clicked with a producer called jack wells who runs a sort of a production company i guess which is called in sound media or it was at the time i don't know if it's changed now um and i got in touch with him and i released first single with him so that was my first real experience of being in a studio and learning just by watching him of what to do, the way you arrange everything. And that was my first experience of a song that I'd written, being able to go out into the world and for people to digest it. And then 
that in itself is just completely addictive. You probably, um, the very fact somebody wanted to produce that, a mm. song that you'd written, probably gave you more confidence as well, isn't it? Yeah, it gave me a lot more confidence in my writing, I think, because I had written songs for a few years and I'd collated quite a few songs. But obviously until people hear them, you don't know if people will connect with them. And the one thing you want to achieve as a songwriter is to connect with people. Forget everything else. You want to connect with someone in some way. And I think that that trust in me and connecting with my song at that time was a huge confidence booster, I think, because it made me believe that, okay, I can write songs and people get them. Like they get me. I think there was a lot of it because my songs are so personal to me and so like they're written from such places of personal experience that having someone connect to that is amazing. It's huge. It is amazing. Mm. Yeah. And it amazes me every single time I perform an original song and people come up to me and say, oh, this made me feel this or, oh, that made me think of this. I think that's amazing. You've done that. Songs are incredible things. They are absolutely mind-blowing things. Stay right there, Henry. We'll talk more in just a moment. Funny Bones Comedy Club. All over the shop in Farnham, different parts of Guildford, Camberley, all over the place. Check out the website. Oh, what's the website called? Funnybonescomedy.com. <laughs> Check out funnybonescomedy.com. There's a right laugh in it. <laughs> So we're talking to Henry Fricker on the Entertainment Beers podcast for today. So uh, we've talked about you as a 16-year-old mm-hmm. uh, going into the studio for the first time. Was that daunting going into the studio for the first time or did you just take it in your stride? A bit of both, I think. I, I would be lying if I say I wasn't daunted because the whole, when you're new to going into studios, all of the equipment, the mixing desk, everything is intimidating because yeah. there's a lot of knobs, there's a lot of, faders and there's you don't know what it all does but that learning of it was thing that I wanted to do I wanted to know how to arrange things and how to put my song into the vision in my mind and make it sound exactly like I wanted it to so in that respect I took it in my stride because I wanted to do it and I was so hungry for it that I think I it was just I had to do it I had to do it there was no other way I suspect you were a lot, a lot of jealous people around you, I can imagine. Do you I think? No, Friends? I don't think so. No? No. They were doing their thing and you were doing your thing then? Yeah, and I don't... I try my hardest to just put out positive energy and I don't, I don't keep spaces around me that are in that kind of light and I don't think anyone around me would be even inclined to be like that. It doesn't attract me and I don't think it's beneficial in any way. To, to have people around you like that, not at all. So how do you keep keep this momentum going then, kind of? Keep writing. Years? Keep writing? Writing and writing. And thankfully, I've been so productive writing-wise this year because it was something that did kind of play in my mind at the start. I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to go out and perform. I'm not going to be doing gigs. Let's hope I don't get the dreaded writer's block. And there was a bit of a period where I thought, mm, okay, but you, you have to get out your head about it. You have to. And the way I write is very, it's not in any way methodical. It just comes and I have to just catch the moment and go with it. And I can write a song in two months or 
20 minutes like you just i just have to be re- ready for it i guess when it comes i get this from a lot of artists that i've interviewed over the time so i think some people say oh that took me a couple of months oh that one took me 10 minutes yeah mm. just Do you have, to have a notepad sense. with you or is it you talk into it now no so that's the one thing actually i'm finding that i seem to be quite different from those around me that are songwriters so i have to physically write everything out by hand and I have notebook upon notebook like everywhere I'm like a crazy scientist (laughs) it's old school have you got one in your pocket now I haven't no so when I'm out and about I use my notes on my phone but if I'm sitting down to write I have to fit I think it's the physical process of actually writing and creating something on a page yeah it's the only way I can do it I can't do it on my phone. I think it's making, I really it's making it real, isn't it? It's like anything. Yeah. If you write it down, if you talk it out loud, it becomes real and you yeah. can feel the energy with it more. I think it is, yeah. And I think I love to be able to have a record of it on paper with my own handwriting. I think there's something so special about that. Do you write the words first and then the music? Oh, it, you can't judge it. You really can't. So I, I've noticed just just through doing it so much that I nine times out of 10 have to be at the piano and it will, I will be playing around. I'll hit a chord or an idea or whatever. And it's just bam. And I'm going with it. So I can have like an idea of maybe a phrase someone will say, and I'll sort of stick it in my memory bank. Think that would be really good in a song. And then I maybe elaborate around that or something. Yeah. Or I don't know where it comes from. No. And then I could, or like I said, I can hit a chord on the piano and, I'm away and I just can't stop really. What <laughs> a great energy. What a great These musicians energy. are always thinking. So he's probably yeah, thinking always. over there now. I know. I'm very, suddenly very conscious about yeah. what to say. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so are you still living at home? Where are you living? And I what am, do the people yeah. you're living with say about the what you. So I still live with mum and dad. I plan to move to London this year, but obviously our friend coronavirus came over. Mm. Um, so I couldn't do that. But. That's hopefully the plan for next year. Um, but yeah, I still live at home with mum and dad. And What do they say about all the music in the house? I mean, I think they've just heard it for so long now. I've, I can't remember a time really where I wasn't up there practising. or And I have to say credit to them because when I'm up there screaming my head off and practising and, and obviously before you get to a certain level it's not pleasant to listen to someone practising so I have to say I do really applaud them for not Screaming telling me to stop you. yeah and they um, they've just always really encouraged me and I think because they can see my passion for it and they know how it makes me feel because there is nothing in the world that compares to it for me at all or even comes close and so I think that they just have always nurtured that because they know it's it's my thing and it like we said earlier, I have to do it. Mm. I can't not. So what's, what's London? What are you hoping for from London? To be closer. So I more or less perform in London now at showcases. And I think it's just to sort of upscale it to that next level. Because ultimately, the, the goal is to be a major solo artist. And it just I need to be closer to it to have more access to everything that I need on a daily basis, rather than it having to be a, a planned event so mm. much I, I can just sort of hop on the tube or wherever and be there to perform or do podcast did you, interviews like this did you have um, a flat lined up and everything like that or had you not got that far no yet? so I'd planned where and and where's when, where hoping I don't want to put too much on it because of how <laughs> unreliable this year has been but I'm hoping Wimbledon way 
okay. attracts me because they're still green as well because where I live is quite green. And it's arty. And it's arty, yeah. But don't forget about London. They've got lots of different people come into London. So lots of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It just, around. It really attracts me, that scene. I love Surely it's competitive. More competitive. Yeah, more competitive to be in London. Yeah, and I think that's part of the attraction. Oh, okay. Yeah, look at the his challenge. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just saw the energy in it. You go, yeah, yeah bring it the on. The challenge of it, yeah. And I think that has been a real shift. Maybe it's grown up, I don't know. But I, I feel more determined, I think heightened by this year, more determined than Get ever. Get on with it. Yeah. Mm. Because I think next year for a lot of creatives or anyone in that matter that has been stopped from doing that, what they want to do this year, you just have that hunger for it and you want next yeah. year to be you just don't know what's around the corner so let's no. just get on with it exactly you know. so so you did this big performance where mm-hmm. else have you performed since and what kind of shows have you done and in front of what kind of audience so i love showcase shows there's something that the intimacy of them the energy of them i love and it's such a most of the times it's such a friendly, warm crowd because they're there to see new talent and they're there to see new artists that they can potentially get on board with. And there's something so nice about that welcoming feeling. And you feel it the minute you step on stage, you feel it. And that is something I love. And I love being able to win audiences over when they go from never hearing about you and you can get them singing along to your song. There's just something so special about it. So that's it. in little intimate spaces. Yeah. And then there's a succession of singers or different artists. Yes, there'll be a few people on the bill. So um, you go, you turn up, it's Henry. And you go, hey. Yeah. <laughs> or it's Henry. Let's wait and see. Yeah, and I think it, what maybe excites me a little bit more in the showcases is when you don't really have any reaction because then you can you can gauge how much you need to win them over. And there's just something exciting about that for me have been able to because I love I mean I'm sure some of you when you go to shows and there's an artist maybe it's an opening act or a support artist that you've never heard of and they blow you away and you're their biggest fan yeah that is amazing yeah that's great I but love it mine or they're mine yeah or and you, you, there is an ownership that's to my it baby and you can think yeah. oh that person I saw so one of the biggest examples for me is a lady called Judith Hill who previously in her career was a backup singer for Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. She was in the This Is It. And I saw years and years ago John Legend live at the then Hammersmith Apollo. And she was the opening act. And I'd heard of her and I knew that she was a great singer. And she came on and her intro was just her on stage. She plays the piano. But it was just her singing a cappella Feeling Good by Nina Simone. And the audience went silent. And it blew everyone away. And I think that moment made me realise how special it is to be a support artist because, yeah, everyone is there to see the big artists, but you have an opportunity there to, to blow people away. Exactly. Mm. So whereabouts have you performed? In- so one of my favourite venues, and I can't wait to go back, hopefully they'll have me back soon, is the Bedford in Balham in London. It is so special. It's, it's designed on the Shakespeare's Globe. So wow. it's, visually it's stunning when you're inside it but there's it's just such a nice space such a nice space and I've done a few showcases there and I've seen a few people there and there's the crowd is always really really nice there's a guy called Tony Moore that runs the nights um he's just amazing and he's such a supporter of up-and-coming talent that it's it's an exciting buzz to be in there and that's somewhere I always really feel lucky because people like Ed Sheeran started there and Okay. I think Sam Smith played a few shows there. I might be wrong, but I know for a fact Ed Sheeran's played It sounds there. a good story. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's a to to know the history of it. I think 
when you can play places with history and my first and last gig of this year was in January and I supported an artist called Day and that was in the Water Rats in London and I'd never heard of it and then I googled it and I want to say in the early years Eric Clapton played there and more recently Katy Perry's played there so that you you feel it in the walls you can feel it in the walls you can you really can yeah Yeah. what about anywhere around here sorry so I, growing up, I used to play different venues where I'm from in the local areas, different, like I said, talent nights. And I played at the theatre at Farnborough Sixth Form where I did, so I did my showcase and then I went back and did a headlining show there. So that's a really, spe- that will always be really special to me. Um, the Prince's Hall in Aldershot is another really lovely venue. I like I like nice buildings. There's a when I can feel the energy of the building, I love it. You, you see him talking as he's talking to us. I can see behind his mic. He's just this this smile, this yeah. grin. <laughs> you know, all the way through it, positive all the mm. way through. It. Yeah. So if you um, here's a question for you. Okay. So you've got uh, the main artist. Yeah. And you were the support act. Mm-hmm. Who would that main artist be? Who you would Ooh. like to support? There's oh, a question. That's a tough question. <laughs> Can I do a, a top three? Go on then, yeah, I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, number three. <laughs> <laughs> so number three would be, and I'm not in any way saying I deserve to be on the bill with these people. Well, you never, know, they could, you never, you never know, know. These people could be listening. Very true. So out of top three, not in any particular order, yep. Stevie okay. Wonder. Yep. I would love, just to even be in the room with that man would blow me away. What is it about Stevie Wonder you like then? Because you cannot, there is undeniable talent and there's nothing else to it. I mean, obviously there is a hundred things to it, but I mean, him as an artist, there is no gimmicks. It is pure, raw, insatiable, soul, heart, punch in the face talent. And I, I mean, his music, I adore. I think he's one of the most talented musicians ever. Um, and his music just connects with me, the emotion of it and the energy and the fact that he is also a pianist and the fact that he he can't see, yet sees, I think, so much more than the large majority of us and can put it into the most beautiful songs ever written. Favourite Stevie Wonder track? Oh. You're being hard is, on that him. That is hard. Uh, I'm going to go with As. Okay, good. Number two on your choice. <laughs> you're a hard man you are aren't you? number two you got me thinking it's good it's good though it's thinking so it's going ready for the blow up in a minute so be uh, careful with the questions number <laughs> two Ooh. do they have to be alive no okay number two just sad they, won't, sad they won't hear it but there sad you go. they won't hear aretha franklin cool favorite aretha track <sighs> Ooh. ain't no way okay and number one alicia keys I thought you might say Alicia mm. Keys because you mentioned earlier on. I mean, we, need yeah. drum, we need she's a drum roll then. She's your inspiration, <laughs> isn't she, I think? I think your... she's number one. Yeah, because I, like I said, she was the one really that I, I can say I owe everything to because it was her that made me want to play the piano. It, and it was people like her and John Legend and Stevie Wonder that made me think the piano was cool and made me believe it was a cool instrument to play because... I mean, there's no denying <laughs> those people are cooler than cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so it just made me, it made everything happen. And I'm I not going to ask you for your favourite Alicia Keys track, but you kind of mentioned it earlier on. Yeah, you? if I ain't got you, yeah. just because the significance of it, yeah. 
Now, talking of the piano, you're doing piano sessions, aren't you? I am. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so born out of this year, because like I said, I was missing doing gigs and I wanted that connection with an audience. And I think, I mean, as an avid concert goer myself, I missed that feeling of seeing someone perform live. Um, so I started a few little Instagram series. I'm still doing them called The Uplifting Sessions. And they're an Instagram live series that I do. Half hour, maybe 40 minutes, just little concerts. And I perform basically the songs that uplift me, which is why I called it The Uplifting Sessions, because I think there is a, there's been a lot this year. And I think it's played a lot on everyone's minds, consciously and subconsciously. And I think the one thing that music can do for everyone is to make you escape. It, even if it's a three-minute song, you can escape. And I think that's one thing that everyone needs this year, more than ever, to escape and to be filled with joy. So that's the intention of the Instagram Live sessions. And then I'll maybe do a, a, like a Q&A afterwards, or I'll drop someone into my live and we'll just have a chat, um, just to, to keep that connection, because it's, there's nothing in the world like live music. And I, I love, there's a few artists that I love, like Tori Kelly's been loads, doing loads of Instagram lives. And it's so nice to hear live music still, because I think we went through a period where maybe people thought live music was dead and gone, but it will, it will never be dead and gone. There's so is, many ways to reach out to the general mm, public it's now, amazing. isn't it? Which yeah. is fantastic. I think we've gone back to basics like that. It's what you said, mm-hmm. it's all recorded, it's all this, it's all that. But this year, more than any, has showed you how important live music and connection is. Yeah, and I think even just the the thing that's inspired me this year so much is, yes, like I said, there has been a lot of heaviness and there's been a lot of trauma that we can't ignore. But the kindness that people have shown to one another is so inspiring and it, it just warms your heart and no pun intended, it uplifts you. And that's what music does to me more than anything. It really uplifts me. And like I said, that escapism is so important. And just to feel joy is needed. It's it's underrated. But I think, like you said, this year has brought everything to a head and you've stripped it back. Maybe, maybe, like you were saying when you were a little boy, you just felt this drawn to this mm-hmm. for these moments in time because of yeah. your passion and your ability to do this, to yeah. play the piano and... Um, go from there really mm. i think it's awesome now then at the end of this podcast here we're going to play your track called shelter that you've sent me mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about the track so this is a song i wrote with a really really dear friend of mine also an artist he's called joe not joseph and everyone needs to check that he's amazing just in every way and really close to me and he knows just how much i really 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 respect his talent above anything else he's so talented and he's a really talented producer, so I wrote it with him and he produced it. And it was a song that we had... So I had a few ideas of the melody probably two and a half years ago. We then wrote it last February. We got the majority of it down. And it was a feeling that we talked about of when everything else crashes down what is the one thing that you want? And you want, ultimately, we came up with the idea, you want shelter. And I was asking everyone, friends, family, strangers, people in the supermarket, what does the word shelter to you mean? And the the complete width of answers you got was amazing. Some people said, literally, shelter is in a roof over your head. Some people says warmth. Some people thought 
connection and heart. Some people thought love. And it was such an inspiring word. And that buzzword of shelter just stuck around. And then we built this this song around the word shelter of me in the position of if you need it, I'll be your shelter, which is the hook is I'll be your shelter. And it's that feeling of uh, my intention with the song and our intention of the song is when you hear it, that it feels like a hug and you want to, you want to be uplifted by it. And it's the fact of, yes, everything might go completely down the drain. I will always be here and I will be your shelter forever, regardless. And it's really, I guess, a song about unconditional love. What a fantastic story. Just made my heart ache. Uh, oh. That's what songs are supposed to be like that, though, aren't they? I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Yeah. And I have to say, when I knew it was a, a winner in my eyes, because the first time Joe sent me the mix of it, I burst out crying. And it, I was like, oh. And it hit me exactly where I wanted it to hit me. And just the reaction, because I've just put out a music video to it as well that I created and it basically is a reflection of this year so many things are a part of it everyone check it out but it was the real raw elements of this year I wanted to put in it the things like I said that we can't ignore and that paired with the warmth of a message of I'll be your shelter regardless what I mean I've just had the most amazing messages from people all over the world that have seen this video and they've messaged me things like, oh, I'm, I got one the other day from someone in the Philippines. And they said, oh, I've heard this song and I cried and I showed my children. And I was, oh, ah. Oh. But you've reached another part of the world that is powerful. Yeah, unbelievable. And again, with the visual, I hope. That's not giving you writer's block, that in, that inspiration, you know. Yeah. Because when you're just talking about it, you're, you're just literally uplifted completely mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So you should never get writer's block. Especially no, in London, actually. plenty of opportunity for yeah. songs. And I'm a real... Because, the again, because of the artists I love, and in particular Marvin Gaye, I was really, really heavy into when I started to really write songs and get what it means to write a song. And he's so in tune with the environment that he's in and what he sees and the things that you hear on the news. And I take all of that in for songwriting. I'm re- Like you said, I'm really inspired by everything around me constantly. I think you've been given a mm. gift. I don't know what happened when I heard you sing. I just feel <laughs> this energy about you. There's a lot Thank of passion you. from him, isn't there? Absolutely, mm. there is. A lot of enthusiasm. It's Good. great. So if anyone wants to get hold of your music, mm-hmm. give us some channels where we can... So Henry Fricker on all socials, all the same, and on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music, Henry Fricker. It's all everywhere. Simple. Right, just before you go, introduce your track then. So this is my song, Shelter. Too many thoughts in a minute Falling hard with your limit Feeling tired of the world around you Waves are crowing, you feel you're drowning now But I reach in and pull you out The storm is heavy Feeling broken down and losing touch The door is open Give you shelter when it gets too much Be your shelter Be your shelter Come on now, come on over I will give you my shoulder To cry on Oh, 
always here and I'm always waiting If you feel you are suffocating Now, I'll be there, you don't have to doubt The storm is heavy, feeling broken down and losing touch The door is open, give you shelter when it gets too much Be your We very much hope you've been entertained. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Entertainment UK. You'll find all our podcasts at buzzpodcast.co.uk.